Welcome to the Inglorious Blasters Podcast, a Star Wars Legion podcast talking anything and everything glorious or inglorious about the game. My name is Corey, and with me today are my two friends that I don't give two bantha ticks about, John and Brendan. How's it going, my dudes? It's going good. Happy to be talking to you fellas. I guess a bantha tick is a tick on a bantha? <laughs> yep, sure is, I guess. <laughs> like, how big is a tick on a bantha that you notice it? Because that's a lot of fur. It's a lot of fur. Softball size. <laughs> Are you implying we suck the life out of you? Uh, like I think tick. I'm implying that I don't care in the slightest about you. <laughs> Banthas do seem rather unbothered about everything. Except for uh, crate Dragons. I'm just joking. I, I love you guys. You guys are great. So happy uh, Din and IG release day, everyone. Hopefully everyone's painting theirs and getting theirs ready to go. Work in progress. Nice. Same. John wouldn't know anything about that because he only plays Republic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still getting them. I collect all four factions. Gotta catch them all. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, so today on the podcast, uh, we had a tournament that we all went to recently. Uh, So John and I played in the Gamers Core tournament down in Ellicott City. Uh, Brendan was lovely being the TO. And then uh, later on in the podcast we got some fan mail wow holy cow do we get fan mail um we very much appreciate it and uh yeah let's just get to it yeah so starting uh as Corey said had a tournament at gamers core in ellicott city maryland it's my local store try to get games in there when i can and i tried my hand at toing for the first time so that was a lot of fun got to bring a bunch of tables out that i still have yet to really play on despite the fact i have either paid money for them or made them myself so maybe someday i'll get to play on my own tables who knows (laughs) uh we had 14 people turn out so i did not play as i didn't want there to be an uneven number of people um which was a great turnout very happy with that hopefully we can get more next time judge calls were very simple i didn't have to do anything crazy just have to look up some rules i think i had one line of sight call uh, throughout the day. So pretty, pretty laid back day for me. <laughs> I think you did a line of sight call for me. Eh? <laughs> That's yeah. about it. <laughs> um, and I, I've already posted pictures up on Facebook and Instagram of some of the pictures I took throughout the day. So if you'd like to see what some of the tables looked like or some of the, the cool moments I captured, uh, go ahead and take a look on our social media posts. But, you know, I, I, I gotta say, we had a fun time. It seemed like everybody had a good time. Uh, but Corey and John might say otherwise, because they actually played. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I, I know how well they did. I know I, it seemed like they had a good time. But uh, <laughs> there, there, there was uh, some funny things that happened just with the randomness of the schedule, uh, which we'll, we'll get into, because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> That's right, absolutely. Uh, John, do you want to talk about your games first, or me? Uh, it's up to you. Why don't you go for it, sir? Alright, so uh, I'll start with the list that I was playing. I was doing a 10-act Yoda triple bark list uh, with two pikes, with the range 4 gun, three phase 1s, one with Z6, one with RPS, And I threw a shotgun in there just to uh, give that a try. The DP-23, two black, one white pierce gun that you rarely see. 
and then what else did I have in there? Pike Kappa. That rounded out the 10x with a 12-point bid. Yoda was fully loaded with push, barrier, vigilance, and uh, burst of speed. So it pretty much was good at just about everything. Um, I was blue all three games with the 12-point bid, as you could imagine. Um, so I was obviously looking to play... Uh, Bombing Run, Breakthrough, um, but Payload and Hostage Exchange are both in there, which are, are fine for that list as well. Um, so first game was against Sam McHenry. Uh, he was playing an 11-act Rex list with Triple Barks. Uh, we ended up on Advanced Positions, Hostage Exchange, and Minefield. Uh, I let him keep Hostage Exchange, thinking I was going to do some Yoda Guidance shenanigans and just run my hostage out of there and pretty much uh, ride off into the sunset into victory. And since you don't see a lot of wrecks, I forgot all about uh, scouting party on advanced positions with that scout three move. Come, Come on, John. John we, we just, just whole talked episode. about this. <laughs> I, we just talked about it. It's funny because as soon as we set up, I was like, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out of here. I'm going to be gone. His hostage is going to be stuck there. There's a lot of juicy options for me here. <laughs> and as soon as he did the scouting party with Rex and did the scout three and was basically back at his deployment, I was like, we literally just talked about this. I cannot <laughs> believe I let this happen. Uh, <laughs> so uh, usually you like your your round one game to to not require 100% or 110% of your mental capabilities uh for the first game of the day but uh it was probably i want to say my hardest game but i feel like i really had to work for it and had a little bit of luck uh in my favor i was pretty much in a nutshell i got my hostage back uh obviously sam was able to get his hostage right to his deployment zone and he had taken down one or two of my acts, and I was like, this game's pretty much over. I just dropped round one. And I was like, you know what, YOLO. I sent Yoda out there, and what I was basically able to do was tie up his hostage unit right outside its deployment zone and just pin them there for the entire game. So when the <laughs> game was over, it was... It was uh, it was 2-0 in favor of me because his hostage was uh, was basically outside of the deployment zone. Or if he has the hostage, does that still give him a point? Still gives it him a point. Should give him yeah. a point. Okay, so it was 2-1. So basically, he was not able to bring his hostage into his end zone, making it a 2-2 and him winning on victory points because I was down by the end of everything, maybe three or four acts with my only Hail Mary attempt of basically just pinning his hostage carrier outside the deployment zone so that was kind of a sneaky sort of lucky win uh for a round one game but sam is a phenomenal player um cory will talk about it as well we played at aco uh game one back in june and that was another round one game where i was almost lost on a game of breakthrough and kind of a similar tricky situation but it's neither here nor there it was a it was a rough go for a round one game but I pulled out the W. Sam is a phenomenal opponent. Um, round two was against Manny Katz. Great guy. He was playing a 10-act Iden Boba list. We were on advanced positions, breakthrough, limited viz. This one was actually uh, 
one where I could utilize the shotgun, the DP-23, to get a, a early lead. Um, since it was advanced positions, I scouted up the shotgun squad, and with limited viz, you couldn't basically get a shot on them that first uh, round because range two. So I played Yoda's two pip, so it relentless up and got an open shot on one of uh, his snipers, his scout snipers. So it one shot at a scout sniper, and then my second move was to guidance that same unit to move it over one, or speed two, and then sniper off the other scout squad. So uh, basically it was first move, sniper squad down, second move, other sniper squad down. Uh, so then it was 10 to 8 acts, and we were playing Breakthrough. So from that point on, I just basically shifted everything to the left and was like, okay, if you if you want to stop this 10-8 situation, you're going to have to come at me. And then he started funneling units over, and then I was setting up uh, Yoda's 3-pip with the Luminous Beings to set up all kinds of crazy fire supports. Um, so by the end of round 2, I think I had... He had lost five acts, and I was still at ten, um, and we decided not to play it out. But he was a, he was a great guy, good opponent. Um, so that was another another win. And then final game was against uh, Mike Dashes, previously from the Fifth Trooper, and now with I guess Dashes TV is one of the things that he's yep. still doing. Um, so that was the round three game. He was doing a nine-act Anakin Padme list. He sacrificed a tenth act to kind of juice up all of his phase ones. They all had the the captain with the extra, so they had the six-man squads. Um, I think that's one where you can tap it, and then they can ignore suppression for a turn. Um, I mm -hmm. think he was primarily utilizing it for the six-man benefit because um, they were throwing crazy dice pools when you factored in all the aims that they were sharing from Anakin and uh, Padme. But we were on advanced positions, payload, minefield. Uh, kind of my plan there was, I was because I have 10 acts, I was thinking, okay, if I can eliminate one of his acts early, it would take him down to eight and further my act lead, forcing him at some point to either split off his guys um, to come at me and affect my payload while leaving his payload a little bit unguarded, at which point I was just going to send the three barks over, stall his cart, and oftentimes if you can stall your opponent's payload once, definitely if it's twice, but oftentimes once is enough to get you the win. So um, I recon intelled up, he recon intelled up, and then I played Yoda's three pip turn one, uh, set up a fire support to eliminate one of his phase one squads, and I killed five of the six guys um, between, like, a, a the Z6 fire supported with the RPS, so 17 dice. They took an aim, two aims from Yoda, two surges. I think it came out to, like, 13 hits. Um, <laughs> That's too many oh my. hits. Yeah, yeah, and he blocked eight of the 13, so he lost five guys, and then that single man just double moved back right after. Uh, and then his next shot was a, was a fire support where he pretty much took one of my phase ones down to one man. And then I was like, all right, my plan of eliminating his axe and going up, you know, 10 to 8, and then having this whole 
split situation where the barks could just overwhelm the payload was was probably not going to happen at that point. Um, so we ended up just kind of trading shots, and then eventually our payloads ended up on opposite ends of the board. And then when I started to send my barks over, Anakin kind of peeled off, fire-supported one, it was gone. Um, one of the other ones was taken out by pikes. And then we each ended up towards the end of the game having all these squads with like one or two guys. Um, cause it was kind of like, all right, I kill four or five of yours. And then the one guy runs away. All right. Now I kill four or five of yours. And then your one guy runs away. Uh, so what ended up happening was he pretty much ran over to my payload with Anakin and I don't know at what point he went up one act on me, but Anakin essentially went last and he pushed one of my guys off, saber throwed my one guy, killing him, and then might have relentless charged the other single man. No, no, no. I either way, it basically ended up in a situation where he stalled my payload, his move forward, and then that gave him the W. So it was I don't know. I I would like to think it was a close game. It never felt like I was in that control of <laughs> that much control of <laughs> of my destiny. Um, on paper, it was a close game, but if you were uh, if you were watching it happen from from my perspective, uh, it kind of felt like I was fighting a uphill battle. When when you have Anakin and Padme either sharing uh, four aims or four dodges, com- combinations of both. It just kind of felt like every shot I took. Yeah, yeah. The the luminous being shot round one uh, as my first play to kind of eliminate something before all those dodges and surges and everything was just stacking from vigilance and all just all the chaos going on didn't really happen. And then it gave him the opportunity to have. Uh, Anakin had offense and defensive stance, so he was either dodging and getting two, and then getting an aim, and then Padme would either aim, quick think, or dodge, quick think, so there was always four of whatever token, in addition to when when Anakin has his two pip up, then there's another dodge, and then Padme would play aggressive negotiations, and then hand out two more dodges from that, so at one point... All the pikes had two dodges, and then there was like nine shareable. I it was it was just it was like a wall of dodges that I every shot it was almost a lot like to chunk through. Sh- yeah, it was almost like do I even take the shot? I don't even know if this is gonna do anything. Um, so yeah, it was actually interesting because I've been doing a lot of play testing with Anakin, and I've settled on Yoda. But then after playing against Anakin Padme. Um, played correctly, I should say, because I have played it, but probably not played it correctly. I was like, man, I need to, I need to copy that list or some some variants of that list, and uh, you know, play play out that strategy a couple times because it was very uh, not only oppressive on the return fire from all the aims, but also you never really felt like you were making any ground because everything was so dodged up. So. It was a lot of fun. So I finished 2-1. Uh, it was a great day overall. Brendan did a phenomenal job as TO, and I think everyone had a lot of a lot of fun. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you fought uh, Mike Berry dashes, right? So uh, 
I also got to fight him <laughs> round one. <laughs> um, we also played payload. John, uh, remind me, did your payloads go opposite directions or were you guys making a cross? So they went opposite directions. Okay. Our pay so we landed on payload, danger close, and then uh, I forget the last one. I think it was Limviz. Uh, doesn't matter. So uh, our payloads also went opposite directions. And well, Corey, what list were you playing? You know what? I should probably describe that. Probably. Probably. So I was running Blizzard Force. This time I had Operative Vader instead of Commander Vader. So it was the officer with improvised and electric binoculars, then Vader with push, choke, tenacity, into the fray. Uh, truly a nasty setup. And then I had the super stormtroopers with the range four guns, um, two naked snows, and then four speeder bikes with uh, three of them had emergency transponders. I took one of them off for a bid. So I think uh, total bid was 14, 14 or 16, something, something dumb. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be blue. I need to be blue here. The Blizzard Force is definitely a list that could bid really hard. So that's what I landed on. And yeah, like I said, I fought uh, Mike Dashesberry. And so it's a, it's a game of payload, and I have 10 axe versus his 9. And I've always played payload where, like, I'm going at the opponent, but, like, I'm wondering, should I have even bothered going after him, if that makes sense? Because the way it was set up with Danger Close, he was on the you know he was on his side in the middle, and so was I. And I set up my bikes to like be able to attack on turn two if I wanted it, um, while not while trying to not take shots you know at the at the bikes. But like after like replaying it in my head, I'm like, why didn't I just run away and just play like the lamest game possible? <laughs> Um, because our carts were going the opposite directions and I could have had him come to me and him make some mistakes, but, uh, it's like John was saying, it's kind of, it's kind of depressing to shoot into that, all those dodges, all those surges. And then, you know, at some points he had standbys up. So then when my bikes would move up, they would get obliterated by like a standby. Um, I only had that happen once, luckily. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean like Vader, Vader got in at a good time and he was behind. So Vader was behind a line of sight blocker until like the end of round two. And I moved up and then by three, he was, I Vader was in his entire line and I thought about it pretty hard because at that point, Anakin had like a bunch of suppression on him from the round before. I think he had four, maybe even five. So then I was trying to think, like, do I master of evil here and just hit the entire army? or do Because if Anakin gets those um, suppressions off, then, like, I can't do my usual shenanigans, which is, like, um, get in and then take a, like, pull, like, a unit in and take a standby. Because if I do that first with master of evil, then Anakin can push that off of me, that, that standby. It's not really a, not really a fun time. So that, those are the thoughts that were going on in my head at the time. So... I opted for Fear and Dead Men. I opted for that one for a bunch of dodges because I knew Vader would be out in the open even though I had two, even though I was tied up with two people in melee at the end of like turn three or something like that uh, near his payload. So I was like, okay, Vader just needs to survive and then I'll play the other uh, um, 
the other one, Master of Evil. I think I should still should have done Master of Evil, because it was right on that board edge. I probably could have panicked a bunch of stuff. We were getting a little late on time, so I just kind of panicked and uh, picked Master of Evil, or uh, Fear and Dead Men rather. So, uh, but it was a close. It was it was a pretty close game. Uh, again, I I still don't know what the proper thing I should have done is like even interact with his payload at all it, 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 especially since I'm up on X like 10 to 9 yeah I I, I don't know who knows <laughs> I just need more practice with it so that was uh that was my game one it was a uh, I'm glad I got to fight him round one because um that was a pretty like high level game and I'm glad to get that in round one rather than like round three when I'm like already tired and exhausted <laughs> Um, so then I'll just, uh, I'll skip on ahead to my last opponent, none other than Sam, the same Sam that John was talking about. So John and I played a bunch of the same opponents, uh, this tournament. Uh, I previously fought Sam as well at, uh, not ACO, but it was at, um, at Nova, Nova Open. And he's, uh, he, what do you call it? So he had the 11 act list against my 10 act list and we landed on breakthrough. So I was like... Okay, uh, this is a little interesting. And then Disarray made it even, like, crazier. So I'm like, okay, so one of us is going to murder a bike and then run away. <laughs> and we both kind of knew it. Um, so then in my corner, I had this aw- I had this awesome, like, line of sight blocker to hide Vader into his scoring zone that he's trying to get to. So I could, like, harass the clones when he gets close. Um and then he put one bark in the other disarray corner, right? Because you have to. It's mandated. So I was like, okay, uh, I have to just draw this speeder bike. Because I put my initial plan when deploying was like, okay, I'll put one speeder bike over there as a sacrifice. But then he literally kept stacking his entire force, you know, his entire force other than one bark in the one the one zone of disarray. So I was like, okay, I definitely need Vader here to, like, stop something. If he If he can kill two... Like, I'm winning. This is great. Um, so that's why I, I had, like, this weird th- timing issue. Like, I needed to draw. I needed to play Vader's 3-pip because, like, Reliable 2 is, like, really good. And I couldn't issue an order to the bike. Maybe I could have with Master of Evil, but, like, that's such a waste of that card. So I was like, I have improvised orders. I'll fish it out. It's fine. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Surely nothing will go wrong. I didn't pull uh, that speeder bike, I think, for, like, four turns in a row it's just like core core like commander core (laughs) it's like what is going on um i'm like i know it's hiding in there i eventually get it but by that time i i had been reduced to one model and i believe it was one wound yeah one model one wound remaining one one wound remaining on the bike so i was like okay sweet i pulled it and then I try and triple move out of the way of his bark, that it, the single lone bark. And I almost get out of his, like, shoot range. But, like, <laughs> I was just in that firing arc, just barely. So instead, uh, instead, I just took a shot at his bark and was like, okay, uh, hopefully we can trade here, right? He'll kill my speeder bike and then I'll kill his bark. Uh, it's not a great trade for me, though, because barks cost less than my bikes. So then uh, something something glorious happened. <laughs> he pulled that bark and uh, he took it, I believe it was an aim shot, and only got one after cover. And I was like, sweet, I just need this one. 
I nail the defense roll. I'm like, this is my game now. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. Uh, so then the, th- the rest of my speeders go in and annihilate that lone bark. So I'm like, already in a great spot. Turn two, I mess up. Grats to me. So he played, he and I played uh, our two pips, which is the air supports, um, or, you know, that those long range shots. And I move my bark. I think I moved my bark into safety, but actually I didn't. I should have just moved it behind a light of sight blocker. What did I say? Oh, yeah. You uh, said speeder. bark. You, you don't have yeah, I, Silly my, core. Yeah, I, do. I don't have those. You're right. Uh, I tried to move that one wound speeder bike model. Like I just, I just triple moved it. I'm like, oh, I'm safe. This is fine. Uh, that was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really think about it too hard, uh, which was my mistake. I should have like just hit it behind a light of sight blocker, uh, which I had, you know, easily available to me. So, uh, oh well. So then he kills that, kills that speeder bike. Uh, so then at that point in the game, like we're just trading shots, just, just killing stuff. I kill his second bark, and then. Vader at the end of turn two, uh, he gets, I believe it's at the end of, it's either at the end of two or the end of three, he gets in towards his lines. Uh, you know, he does a last first to double move and then, you know, he plays master of evil, all that fun stuff, or I played implacable, all that fun stuff. Uh, and then eventually Vader goes down because on my, on his implacable turn, I could not again, pull out his token his token was last in the bag even after improvised orders even after recovering the officers improvised orders i was like (sighs) i counted i think i had nine surges from into the fray um yeah that was kind of (laughs) gross uh so vader goes down and i'm like well that's not that's not great so then it becomes you know just like a point i think we were tied on axe that could score if I remember correctly. So it was seven to seven and near the end of the game, I, I'm like down on points and I could, I could tell just because he killed Vader. Right. It's like, it's a lot of my points right there. And then he killed, I think two speeder bikes. I, I think it was two. So I almost gave up to the point where I was like, is this even, I said out loud, I'm like, is this even worth playing for me anymore? Uh, and then Sam was the one to say, just, just play it out. Just see what happens. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved my super stormtroopers, right? The range four guys into the scoring zone. And I'm just within the scoring zone. I swing uh, the heavies around so they can actually see a bark at range four. And I'm like, okay, this is an unnamed shot. Uh, and that his bark is already wounded from previous rounds. It was like, I think he had two wounds on him. Pretty sure it was two. And, I just take a shot. I swing. I swing the shot. I get six hits into heavy, you know, heavy cover. And I'm like, this is great Four, you know, four wounds coming at him. He's got to make these saves. I'm like, let's, let's see what happens. He misses all of them. Oh, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? I literally put my head into the table. I'm like, Sam, I have no idea what happened. What is this game? Um, <laughs> I feel like I got lucky. Let me put it that way. I feel like that was, <laughs> I just don't know what to say. It was just like, I had the game in the, I had the game at the top of turn two and I messed it up <laughs> and then I came back very, you know, and then Vader tried to swing in and, you know, make it a game again and he died. 
And then all of a sudden, I got this lucky Stormtrooper shot. So best unit of the game is not Vader. It's those uh, heavy response unit Stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting a gold medal. I'm, I'm painting that squad a little bit special. <laughs> oh, man. So that was my, that was my experience. Uh, so I went 2-1 and one at the tournament. Pretty happy with it. And, uh, yeah, thanks for TOing, Brendan, and hosting a great event. I think everyone had a lot of fun. Uh, the train looked awesome. It was a collection of all of our stuff. It was a Inglorious Blasters tournament, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I have to say, uh, moral of the story is apparently uh, randomizing the schedule doesn't do too much to randomize because uh, you guys both played two people of the same people. Um, also, I want to be very thankful for the fact that we had uh, 14 players show up, so I didn't play. And uh, dashes couldn't wipe the entire podcast in one tournament. <laughs> yeah, li- little sad about the team kill on the blasters from a single man. <laughs> so right here, right now, Mike, if you're listening, I'm gonna steal this from Stabcast, and I don't care. You are now an enemy of the podcast. <laughs> and, Congrats, and, and, you're the first. And to Sam, I'm sorry you keep having to play these guys and losing to them. Yeah, I feel I feel really bad. It was definitely Sam's game. <laughs> we we were literally walking back to the car, and I was like, Corey was giving me the recap of his game, and I was kind of talking about my game against Sam. And I was like, Sam has got to be like one of the best players that uh, kind of gets screwed on some weird game shenanigans or roles or um, because a similar thing happened at ACO. And just even my game, I was just like, well, I lost. I might as well just burst to speed Yoda into his army. And then it's like Yoda is one of those pieces where it's like, I'm losing. I'm losing. Well, I win. Good game um because there's just so many weird tricks that he can pull out um last minute and and get you the the w but uh (laughs) but sam is a phenomenal player so uh, it's it's uh it's kind of funny and mike shout out to mike uh for being an enemy of the podcast now uh he is definitely one of the most chill calm people that i feel like i've played um so it's a very competitive game but it didn't have like uh any like bad vibes it was just very relaxed very fun he's a really cool guy um so he doesn't feel like an enemy to me uh but he is so no he's an enemy (laughs) we'll see you at the next one man mike mike beat me twice so definitely enemy for me (laughs) once at nova and once here so i'm (laughs) i couldn't i couldn't get my revenge so oh well I haven't played him yet, so there's there's still a chance for me to be the only one to, to win against him. I hope you do. I would be rooting for you real hard. I would stop what I'm doing, even in the middle of a tournament, and be like, all right, Brendan, you got this. Do you need water? Do you, do you need snacks? What do you need? <laughs> Maybe that'll happen in the future. <laughs> all righty, guys. What did you guys uh, say we head on over to some fan mail? Fan mail. We have three different emails to go over today. Um, the first one we've got is from Tristan. He had a uh, follow-up to our last episode where we talked about Pathfinders. Uh, he said, hey guys, just finished 
up with the Pathfinder's verdict, and I'd say I agree with a lot of what you said about them. They are an expensive unit to bring to the table compared to other options. I will say I think that the last point about Paths versus Commanders is a tricky one. Pathfinders are an objective-focused objective unit. The Infiltrate, while oftentimes a trap, can be very helpful with the right situations. I like finding a spot for them to flank entrenched units, generally getting around cover. Ion and Impact is more designed for droids and vehicles, and droids are especially tricky against Rebels with their low defense and high body counts compared to the Rebel ability to bring back a lot of Pierce. Also, the objective play, it isn't terribly smart to drop them on the center box and recover the supplies, but I've won games doing it, sure, they just die, but the fifth box is important. As mentioned, breakthrough, it can be great, but even intercept and sabotage a unit that pops up either or near, on or near the objective on deployment is very helpful. I agree they're delicate and they have to be used carefully, but I've seen these guys put in work, and while I respect the verdict, I wish I had a chance to argue. Haha. <laughs> Uh, thanks for the free analysis guys I look forward to the next episode uh, thanks so much Tristan uh, those are great points uh, again we didn't prep at all for that argument so we definitely miss things uh, hey hey don't give away our secrets we gave it away on the episode uh, and oh, I, know. Uh, <laughs> um, I do also uh, have to say right after we recorded that episode we had the tournament and i have to give a shout out i i'm i'm sorry i don't remember his name but somebody did bring a uh, rebel scarif themed list with uh, cassian k2 jin and both pathfinders with one with the uh, bistan and one with pal so uh kudos to that guy for bringing the double pathfinders <laughs> <laughs> nice. um but yeah thank you tristan um you know you made great points it's not a unit thanks tristan yeah i agree <laughs> all right our next email oh let me add, from... let me add one thing to that brendan no. i think uh we were talking about this and <laughs> did you say no <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> all right never mind moving along um <laughs> no i just wanted to point out i agree like so I was reading through the email. We all take a look at these emails. Um, and thank you again for everybody that submits a, an email. We really appreciate it. Um, and I think a lot of our judgments when doing the Inglorious versus Glorious segment is looking at a macro level of if you play a bunch of games with this specific unit, this is the outcome you can expect. So um, with, with Pathfinders, for example... Our experience is, sure, there's games that you can win, and sure, they can be, you know, the end-all, be-all in certain situations, but looking at them over, like, a 10-game stent, this is, like, what we've experienced and, and where the verdict is kind of coming from. So even, like, the uh, in the tournament recap, I was thinking about me using the Phase 1 with the, the DP-23. Fina like, definitely won me the game um, against... Uh, my second opponent uh, with the, the Yoda shenanigans with the Relentless followed by the Guidance. But the other two games, completely useless. So I would say it's inglorious, even though it won me game two. Um, so I think anytime we're doing those inglorious versus glorious segments, that's kind of the lens we're looking at them through of. Can they be really good in certain situations? Absolutely. But over the course of a multi-game tournament, how are they going to do? You might have one game where they carry the game, but if they predominantly don't, then they're going to end up with the inglorious 
Um, Agreed. Stamp. Every every unit has the potential to be glorious. It's the consistency and reliability that helps to sway our decisions. Yes, yep. exactly. Those are the words I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I can say it shorter. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can sum I can sum up that rant in two words. <laughs> sometimes pathfinders are heroes. Sometimes they're zeros. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Judgment over. Always dead. All right. So <laughs> always dead. <laughs> uh, our next email here is uh, from Tyler, um, appropriately uh, labeled "Hello there," because he's got an Obi Wan list for us to take a look at. Um, specifically, Obi Wan and Rex. So uh, definitely a, an interesting list. Not one we probably would build on our own but i i, I kind of like it so it's a uh, 800 points eight activations obi-wan with force push force reflexes vigilance and tenacity captain rex with improvised orders up close and personal recon intel and smoke grenades three naked phase one clone troopers wookie warriors with bowcaster offensive push tenacity recon intel and smoke grenades and two more wookies with bowcaster offensive push tenacity and smoke grenades uh, the command cards are all of Obi-Wan's cards, uh, Call Me Captain, Air Support, and Assault. It looks like a just rush-at-you list, and I, I, I love those kinds of lists. I mean, the whole idea is you've got Rex to you know do the scouting party, presumably on the other two Wookiees, maybe Obi-Wan because um, the other Wook one Wookiee does have recon intel already, uh, and just charge and murder. Can you can you uh, use scouting party with Wookiees? I forget. Yeah. Okay, sick. Yeah, I, I dig this. Um, the only thing that I might change is uh, force reflexes, if you can fit it. I know it's five extra points, but like force barrier on Obi-Wan to protect the... Wookies like on the incoming shots like I don't know where you would like fit it maybe get rid of some smoke grenades yeah. how much do smoke grenades cost smoke grenades I think are three points uh, yeah I agree because yeah smoke points. grenades are three yep yep but other than that it looks fun like I would I would try it right like uh, I don't think Obi Wan is bad and I think if you just have like <laughs> Obi Wan like you know uh, in a good spot to deflect and uh force barrier some wookies like what are, what are they gonna do they're eventually gonna get in yeah i like the idea of the smoke grenades just for the extra cover moving up the the table um yeah with, i think you need with one maybe not three four or there's four, four actually instances four. Of smoke grenades um, i don't need i don't think you need all four <laughs> table dependent maybe um but mm -hmm. yeah i think it's a little heavy on the smoke grenades i but overall again i i love the idea of this list Oh, same. Yeah, same. I think barrier is is a must because you're gonna, you know, potentially save twelve wounds worth of uh, Wookie. I mean, each each one that you are shaving off, the Wookies pretty much always fail their save. So I think barrier's huge, and if you can sub out some of the smoke grenades, because Wookies are pretty much in my experience, always in heavy cover because heavy cover, they're either on top of a building, thereby granting them heavy cover because of, you know, all the shenanigans with scale, um, or they're back behind, like, a barrier or something. Like, I just, 
if you could the smoke grenades are situational whereas barrier you're gonna get dividends from every turn alternatively uh you could just delete the four smoke grenades and have that bid (laughs) yeah that's 12 that's 12 points that's pretty good like your deck is pretty good as well i don't i would not want to fight against that (laughs) like you got danger close and hemmed in like the wookies are definitely going to get in right so that's another way to go about this list because you only have eight acts and you want those wookies and obi to crash in so that's that's something else to think about like if you just really really want to push that yeah i I think that potentially going for the bid because with only eight activations you you probably want to play your deck because you don't want to necessarily run into something that, you know, like a, a Blizzard Force really likes necessarily. I mean, yeah, I, you're fine with payload if somebody's doing payload, but if you unfortunately somehow get forced into to bombing run, I'm sorry. Against a, That's a, a bike list. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, awesome list. Yeah, great list. All right, and then lastly... Uh, we also got an email from Hawkrin. In short, uh, Hawkrin's playing in some kind of uh, tournament where it's 650 points. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> not really something any of us have thought about is 650 points. But, you know, is what it is. And he gave us a few lists because uh, he's been playing one list and hasn't been doing very well with it. The 650-point list he hasn't been doing well with is Shadow Collective, made up of a Capo, three uh, Pike Syndicate Foot Soldiers, Mandalorian Commandos, two Swoops, and an A5, uh, various upgrades on them. Uh, some of the things he said he's been running into that have been giving him trouble are Armor and Jedi. Um, he gave us a couple lists for things that he'd be willing to try uh, in this format. And there's he gave us five lists. There's two in particular I really like. So uh, those will be the, the ones that I'll read first. The first one is a Empire list that's nine activations at 650 points, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, uh, Imperial Officer with Lead by Example and Electro Binox. Two stormtroopers with T21s and targeting scopes. Two stormtroopers with an extra stormtrooper and targeting scopes. Two uh, scout strike teams with snipers and ascension cables. An E-Web with overcharged generator. And an ATST with the armor pilot and twin light blaster cannon. That's kind of insane you could fit all that with uh, yeah. 9x. Yeah, it, that's ridiculous when... And it's, yeah... Like a 500-point game, you're usually averaging five to six acts. So just adding that extra 150 points, the fact that you're getting four to five, four to three to four extra more acts is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I like uh, is because it's got a, a lightsaber in it. Um, and it's a CIS list with uh, Count Dooku at seven activations so a little bit less activations but it's got some very powerful pieces in here uh dooku with burst speed force push and fear uh two super battle droids with the acm trooper and viper recon droids uh battle uh, b1s with an e5c a oom battle droid and electro binoculars 
another B1 with E5C and Electrobinox, an IG with Tenacity and Protector, and a Droidica. This one, I, I like the core the, the, the core idea of it. I'm not sold on some of the upgrades, um, like the Viper Droid and the Electrobinox on the B1s. The the Viper droids are on the B2s, which are questionable, because I don't think you want to take the action on a B2 to do that. What is that even called? I don't even use it. <laughs> What's that action called? Observe. Um, Recover. Yeah, observe, observe. Observe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there it um, is. I don't, I don't think you're going to be taking that action to observe. No. So if you took away the Vipers and the Electrobinox, you could instead get a rocket on the magnet guard that's what i was thinking yep so because the the extra body on the magnet guard is super important the rps is a really good gun at range four um and it's got like critical and impact like those are good things against armor yeah um and then uh, also what might not be a bad idea because this list is only at uh 649 you could get rid of fear or maybe just get rid of tenacity on the magna guard and put vigilance on dooku uh doesn't hurt if he's got a a spare dodge hanging around or you get rid of the the oom battle droid get some vigilance Mm -hmm. on dooku um maybe also get rid of uh, as much as i like fear i mean i guess it depends on the what what you think you're going to be up against but I, I oh, I just noticed. Uh, uh does not have a command command upgrade. I think you want to give him one for yeah. sure. Yeah, whether it be else, vigilance, vigilance probably I is like, the one. I like vigilance on him. Um, and maybe getting rid of fear uh, gives you a bunch of points to work with. Throw uh, force reflexes on him. He's got master of the force too. That way you you'll always have the uh, the dodge on him for a free action with, and keeping it with the vigilance. Okay, so let's see. So he's saying that the first list that um, he showed us the shadow collective one, right? Mm-hmm. I think he was having issues and trouble with that, right? Because he, he said was. he was he's like just gone oh yeah. and three with it. Right. So to actually answer some questions, I guess we should go in order. <laughs> um, so I think this list is not bad. The only thing is, like, what are you doing with the truck, this the speeder truck? Are you trying to put in Mandalorians in there? Are you just doing it for, like, the quad laser and that that's it? And just, like, maybe maybe run people over? Um, I think if you had a Black Sun uh, Enforcer in the, in the truck, like, that's going to be, like, a good use of your time. I think if you get rid of a Pike Syndicate and then, like, add in... Um, a black sun enforcer it might might deliver like that extra impact that you're like looking for maybe even get rid of the mandalorian super commandos um, for the black sun enforcers. yeah i, I, think, I that think so also i think if you could find a way to get the points uh and instead of having a frenzied gunner on the aa5 put the raiding party leader uh because you have those swoops so then you'd be handing out all the extra suppression from all the demoralized Oh yeah, yeah, that's not a bad tactic. I like that. It almost looks. Like but it, other it, than that, I think it looks fine. Sorry, I interrupted, John. No, no, it it looks like is the six fifty. Are you playing with the normal eight hundred point like objective deployment and condition cards? 
I I think you are. I'd assume, I would assume, but I don't yeah, know. I, I would assume so. Yeah, I would assume so also. And I guess the idea here is you want to play breakthrough or bombing run, but in that situation, you'd want a deeper bid than two points. So you could kind of clean it up just to make sure that you're blue player and just drop like the environmental gear and some of the other kind of like nice to have upgrades. Yeah. Like oh yeah, I see the environmental gear. Yeah. yeah but if you're there. playing uh, <laughs> on the, the skirmish objectives, there's no point for a bid. So. Oh, yeah. okay. I just don't know which things right, are right. going. Yep. Yep. Right, exactly. Our thoughts are going to change on whether whether or not this is like a skirmish style tournament or or not. 650 is weird. 650 is weird. Why do you do it? <laughs> you know what? Like I I don't want to super dog that, but <laughs> I think 650 is cool if you're doing like a slow grow league. So for example, like 40k and like those other um miniature games do it where like you buy in at a certain like uh point value. Um, and then you go up, uh, and then like every other week or something like that, you go up in points. So if you start at 500, then you land on 650 and then you finally make your way to 800. Like that's, that's cool. But if you're strictly doing 650, that's weird. Yeah. I don't think it saves you that much time, especially if you're using the standard 800 point rules, like 150 points is an activation and a half type thing. Right. It's an interesting format. On a side note, I was just curious from a 650, I've never built a 650 point list, so <laughs> I just threw something together real quick that I thought was interesting. You could do Maul with Force Push, Choke, Vigilance, Tenacity, and the Darksaber, two Pike Capos with Vigilance, and then six Pikes, four with the gun for 640, 10 point bid, nine activation. That's ridiculous. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to plus one Maul in Shadow Collective. He's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you got I, the I, impact for vehicles, and you got the force push um, and all the force user shenanigans with a 10-point bid. I mean, I just oh, like yeah. lightsabers, so, you know. Lightsabers are just good. Yeah. <laughs> and they become exponentially better if, the, if you're playing the, the skirmish table size compared to the the standard table size um so that would really weigh heavily on what's going on for this format so re reading a little further uh he did reply back to you i think at one point so he, he just did. yeah so he's asking like should he bring some more named characters um or should he like keep activations up like you know ha have more acts uh should he sacrifice a jedi like some acts for a jedi or a bounty hunter like I would first say play what you think is cool. So, for example, if you really like Maul, like Maul's like awesome. Like not even game terms, like just Maul's really really cool. So then from there, like I would try and build a list from there. Um, now, if you're trying to like, we'll take Shadow Collective for example. I would start with Maul. Like that's the first thing I would uh, do. Like list build with. I would be like, okay, here's Maul. Now, what do I want to support Maul? And then that's how I would try and go about this the other thing alternative is if you're playing to win at this point because you've gone zero and three play what you know rather than things you don't um if right. you're not used to playing with a force user i i don't recommend it they have a, a big learning curve they are great 
if you play them well. Otherwise, it feels like you sunk a lot of points into something that didn't do anything for you. Um, uh, you know, so play what you know. Um, you can always make some changes. It, it sounds like you're able to change your list up every so often because uh, you're asking us you know, for a new list at this point. So play what you're used to add, or make some small changes like we've discussed on previous podcasts if you're trying to test new things. Make some small changes and keep most of your list familiar. That way right. you learn the nuances of the new thing you brought into the list. I'll just reiterate it again. Um, that's a good point Brendan brought up. So just make a small change. So for that Shadow Collective list, if you take out the Mandalorian Super Commandos and swap in Black Suns and put them inside the bus, I think you're going to have a good time. I think that's like a small change that you're going to see benefits, um, I think, immediately. Because they're going to hop out of that bus and just wreck some face. Yeah, taking out that Mandalorian squad and putting a Black Sun Enforcer with the Scattergun and a Vigo gets you at 633 so you still have 17 points to play with even more if you pick the magnet but yeah yeah you might even want to put targeting scopes maybe because yeah. they get a free aim right independent aim they do yep yeah yeah it's not a bad idea i would love to know if it's 800 point rules because i think in that situation you go with a deep bid and force someone into bombing run pay le- and then you've got all the fast things all the fast hard hitting things yeah, so if you get rid right, of agreed. the Mandalorians, you could get Black Suns with Scattergun, Vigo, Targeting Scopes. You could switch the AA5 to have a raiding party leader, and then you still have eight points, and you could put emergency transponders on both your swoop bikes and still be at 650. Yeah, emergency transponders, real good. I dig that upgrade. Makes everything a little bit more survivable. Oh, yeah. So I would uh, I would recommend giving that a shot and see how, I can, see how that does. Cool. Appreciate your email yeah. and everyone's email. Yeah, thanks, emails. everybody. So many emails. All righty, how about we uh, land this ship, my dudes? So, well, how about you guys like our page on Facebook? Search for The Inglorious Blasters, a Star Wars Legion podcast. Follow us on Instagram at SWL Inglorious Blasters. If you think our judgment is wrong, tell us. Uh, Want to ask us a question or give us some general smack talk? Please send us an email at SWL Inglorious Blasters at gmail.com uh follow us on follow and subscribe on our youtube channel and maybe give us a rating on your favorite podcasting app it would really help us out additionally if you're on discord you can join our discord uh there's links everywhere uh otherwise you can just ask us and we'll send you a link uh also we're on the main legion discord and it's just our name followed by inglorious um blasters uh so if you want to reach out to us there there's many means to do so um also maybe not everybody at the same time that was a lot of reading i had to do i mean <laughs> I, i'm the only one who can read but that was a lot of reading Ooh. that's that's right we're, we're keeping with the lore i John I, am, and I can't read i'm holding back my laughter but i was just thinking about like wow it's such a great thing that we read through these emails and brendan reads them and this is so great and then <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking of all the ridiculous emails I could send to Brendan from like a ghost account. <laughs> no. So that Don't he's give sitting everybody there any like, ideas. He's sitting there like 
this guy was asking some really crazy stuff. And then he reads it on the next cast, and we're just sitting there laughing. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm the arbiter of what we're getting at. I would just throw a ridiculous thing out. Just throw it out. <laughs> no emails so, have so been what thrown that means out. Is, you got to craft your email properly where it sounds just ridiculous enough, but Brendan's yeah. going to read it. Just ridiculous <laughs> enough to make the make the episode. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Alrighty, everyone, stay glorious. I'm Corey. I'm John. I'm Brendan. My eyes are tired. <laughs>